It's the Atop the Pitbox podcast with your hosts, Zach and Josh. Good evening, Fantasy NASCAR race fans. Welcome to episode eight of the Atop the Pitbox podcast. I'm Zach Dick, along with my partner, Josh Rolfes, and we are here to talk Nashville and give you a preview to Road America this weekend. Josh, birthday boy, how is your night going? Zach, thank you so much. Uh, it's been fantastic. Played a little golf today and went out and had a nice dinner, some ice cream. So uh, it's been a, a good day and, and capping it off with uh, some NASCAR talk. So um, so thank you. So uh, also thank you to everybody for tuning in to this week's podcast. We really appreciate it. Uh, if you don't want to miss upcoming episodes, make sure you're subscribing to the podcast so that you get alerted when the new episodes drop. Uh, November 6th, we will be at the West Side in Harlan, Iowa, uh, celebrating the fantasy NASCAR season and watching the final race. So make sure that is circled on your calendar. And lastly, just make sure to uh, check out that Discord. We've got a couple people that have uh, hopped on there. Don't be scared. Come on in. Try it out and let's uh, let's talk some NASCAR. So Zach, we've got a, a race to recap this week and some some pretty significant news as it pertains to drivers and their situations for the future. Yeah, it's funny how uh, t- you know two drivers come out during during last week and announce you know what their plans are for 2023 and beyond. It's like they heard our podcast last week. You know, our millions, millions of listeners <laughs> heard our podcast last week and, and knew that we were talking about free agency. So the biggest news of last week is my boy Martin Truex Jr. He finally made up his mind what he wanted to do. He is coming back for next season. He is driving again in 2023. You got to assume he's he's going to keep the same sponsors he has and all that fun stuff. But that is the biggest storyline last week with with uh, free agency news. Kind of surprising that he, I I was shocked. I didn't think he was he was coming back. It all kind of pointed towards a retirement. But uh, one more year of your boy, you get to he gets a little, I guess a a send off a farewell tour. One more one more year. So. Yeah, no, it like you said, I, that it surprised me as well. Uh, based on everything I was reading, it sounded like he was ready to ready to call it quits. But he told his uh, he told his crew and his team that he's not ready to give up. You know, they're not having the performance that he historically has had in the last four or five years. But uh, he he wants to continue with it and see it see it through. It makes sense that it's going to be a one year deal because Joe Gibbs' grandson Ty Gibbs. They say that he, they want to keep him in the Xfinity series for one more year. So it, all signs point to Truex retiring at the end of 23 and then Ty Gibbs jumping up into the Cup series and driving for his grandpa. So that, uh, that all makes sense there. And then the other uh, big news last week was Ricky Stenhouse came out. He was another free agent. He came out and said that he signed a multi-year deal with, with the same team, JTG Doherty Racing. Uh, so that takes another driver off the free agency list. So with those two coming out and making announcements, the big, three biggest free agents left are Kyle Busch, Ryan Blaney, and Daniel Suarez. So we'll see how how the uh, season, you know, as the season goes along, if there's any announcements with those guys or if it's going to be something that's decided in the offseason. 
of those three, so Kyle Busch, Ryan Blaney, and Daniel Suarez, which one of those three would you say is the most likely to be on a different team going into next year? Man, that's tough. Um, I mean, the the president of Toyota Racing has already come out and says he wants Kyle Busch. He wants to keep Kyle Busch with the Toyota umbrella. I just don't see him leaving. You don't, you don't let a talent like that leave an organization, especially since he's won championships and he owns a truck team that has Toyota as its manufacturer. I would say it, it, it would be between Blaney and Suarez. Suarez winning here in the last couple of weeks has definitely helped his cause. I, I mean, he has a really good relationship with Justin Marks and, and Pitbull. I, I find it hard to believe that he would leave that, but those would be the two. I don't know. It's really hard to think. There's just not a lot of open seats left in the Cup Series for these guys to go. So it's going to be interesting to see how it plays out. And, you know, it, hopefully there's not too many big announcements here the rest of the year. So we have something to talk about during the offseason. So Ryan Blaney, what team is he on? He drives for Penske. And Penske, so they have they have a partnership with the Wood Brothers which is where Harrison Burton is driving in the 21 car right now. There's not a lot of, I mean, so the one scenario that I could possibly think of off the top of my head is Eric Almarola is retiring for Stuart Haas racing at the end of this year. I could possibly see see Ryan Blaney jumping in to that seat, basically just, you know, flopping teams, staying under the Ford camp. But Daniel Suarez, you know, they're a Chevy. There's not really too many Chevy openings. I think I think Tyler Reddick has a team option for 23. So it's up to Richard Childress if he wants to sign him or not. Uh, so, again, there's just not many open seats for next year. So I, I just don't know where these guys are all going to end up. Yeah, I my first thought was Suarez I don't think is going anywhere. I think that team is building for the future. And I think they see Suarez as part of that. Uh, and then Kyle Bush and Blaney. And I don't, I think you're right. I don't think Kyle Bush is going to, to leave. It would be pretty interesting if, if he did jump to see where he went, but I think the most likely uh, driver would be Ryan Blaney. And I'm not sure that that percentage is very high, but yeah, I think by process of elimination, I think it's probably him. So, so we've got a raced, to recap, uh, Nashville. What'd you what'd you think of Nashville? Second year back for the Cup Series. Yeah, so you know, fortunately there was there was that huge, long weather delay, lightning, rain. So that was brutal. It, it just turned out to be a really long day. I can't imagine being at the track for that for that long for those race fans. So props to those who stayed there and stuck it out for the whole night. But I just thought the average the race was average or okay. Uh, it, it was nothing special. It was, it wasn't as boring as say the the All Star race in Texas, but there just really wasn't that that much excitement until that late caution there with eight or so laps to go, kind of shook the running order up, and you, you saw some different pit strategies and and how it played out. So with that being said, you know, looking at Jeff Gluck's poll, his poll said seventy one point two percent of polar said yes it was a good race but to put that into perspective it was the second lowest vote total this year you got to you got to think that the weather and rain delay put you know definitely played into that so 
Take that with a grain of salt. 71% seems like a decent number, but unfortunately it was the second lowest vote total. So there's just not a lot of votes there to kind of give us a better sample size or, or a better result. So so let's look at the, let's start with stage one. So Hamlin jumped out to the, the early lead. The track house cars were, were fast. And lap 30 is when we get the rain delay. So that was the first one, pushed it back about 60 minutes. Uh, they were able to get the track dried and, and get the cars back out there on lap 50 was a bad lap for Hendrick Motorsports. We had Byron had a steering rack problem and his car was taken to the garage. And then Alex Bowman hit the wall, which led to the, to the second caution coming out. So just a pretty awful scenario for those two for that team and those two cars. And then Hamlin uh, led after the restart. So the restarts were, I think, the best part of this race. Uh, when they got the cars together and then they, they, the restarts were just the most entertaining piece of it. You had Truex battling with Suarez for second. It was a, a pretty good battle there. Uh, and then we had the third caution with uh, Chase Briscoe and Ty Dillon crashing. They didn't really seem to get that much damage on their car, so I think they were able to continue. But the caution flag was thrown for that wreck. Truex passes Hamlin to lead after the restart, and they kind of went back and forth at the end of that stage. It was a pretty good battle between Hamlin and Truex, but ultimately just couldn't couldn't get past him. And I know we talked about the passing at this track, and and some of the drivers had mentioned it. Uh, just really hard to get by those cars, especially the leader that's in clean air and, and trying to get past them. So stage winner was uh, Martin Truex. Yeah, no, it was uh, it was nice to see Truex finally get a stage win this year. But as you pointed out, for some reason at Nashville, it was just really hard to pass. Especially if you got the lead, even if you didn't have the best car, as in stage one, it looked like Hamlin had the better car at the end of that stage, but he just couldn't get past Truex. And, and that kind of played out the rest of the race, where if you had the lead, it was really, really hard to pass the leader. And that played out there at the end when when Chase ultimately you know stayed out on old tires and you just you couldn't make up the advantage even with fresh tires. So that kind of just played out the rest of the race. But it was nice to see Truex get a get a stage win there. Yeah, he definitely was was a fast car. He led after the restart of to start stage two, and on lap one eighteen we had a caution for rain. Only cost them seven laps. They just kind of let it pass through there were a couple of pit instances at this point chase elliott had a a slow stop and had to actually come back in and, and get something adjusted and then bubba wallace uh had to pit twice basically this was a crazy situation so he left pit road but his crew chief was yelling at him on the radio to stop because they didn't get the the tire tightened enough and in the process of that, he gets hit from behind by Tyler Reddick, which kind of ruined his day because he never, you know, recovered with the damage on the front end of his car. So another week of bad pit road luck for Bubba Wallace. I mean, it is unbelievable how bad his luck has been this year on pit road. I mean, it, it, that's not luck. That's Isn't that just poor execution <laughs> on the team? Like, you, you have to get that wheel tight and... That's just that seems to be like it would be in the uh, pit crew's control 
an ability to just do better. Yeah, I, I and I guarantee you there there's going to be some big changes to that pit road crew, whether it be this weekend or whether it be at the end of the year. But, you know, his pit crew has let him down all year. He's got fast cars, but he just can't catch a break on pit road. I don't think that they can wait to or afford to wait until the end of the year to make some changes. I mean, the, the way that this pit crew has performed, they have to make I think they have to make some kind of change and not wait until the end of the year. The thing with that, though, is is so they lease their pit crew from Joe Gibbs Racing. And so basically, I don't know what kind of talent pool they have left with, you know, Kurt Busch has a team, um, Bubba Wallace has a team, and then JGR has their four race teams. So I just don't know how much talent pool they have left to to put another, you know, make some swaps or make some changes. So again, something needs to happen, but I just don't know if they have the resources to do so. I mean, it has to, there has to be somebody out there that can uh, do a better job than what they're doing. So he's got to, it's getting, I think it's getting pretty frustrating for Bubba. So they got to, they're going to have to do something. So, uh, so after the, 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 the caution for the rain, Blaney, battling Truex for the lead after the restart and then up comes Hamlin and he takes the lead. His car kind of just was faster than Blaney and Truex's and, and jumped to the lead. And then on lap 139, we get another lightning strike. So this is where we went into the extra long weather delay. And maybe some people didn't even know that they, re, you know, moved the, the the race to USA off of NBC. So maybe no <laughs> people weren't able to watch it. But um, they talked about the pit strategy after the weather delay. Was what kind of decisions were the teams having to make at this point? Yeah. So I mean, at that point, the race wasn't official yet. So they have to figure out. Well, is is another storm cell going to come in? Are we going to get, you know, 10, 15, 20 laps in and then get rained out? Or is that the end of it? And we're going to finish racing the rest of the night. So they had to decide whether to pit there and take the chance or stay out for the end of the stage, which if it doesn't rain, then they're going to be put behind the eight ball because then they're going to be at the basically the back of the pack. So it was some interesting strategy there to end stage two. So we get going with uh, with racing eventually and Hamlin comes out and beats Truex for the lead after the restart with 15 to go Truex passes Hamlin and just like at the end of stage one Hamlin's chasing Truex and just couldn't catch him and Truex wins the first two stages so pretty good start for Truex getting a couple stage wins there yeah, as as uh, stage two ended, you know, he he won won the second stage. I'm thinking to myself as a Truex fan, you know, maybe this is the maybe this is the race that he finally gets gets the win this year. He had a fast car, but it, it looked like he just it got worse as the as the the run went on. Hamlin had the faster car, but again, the storyline was is if you got caught behind a, another car in the dirty area, you just could not get around that car. So again, that played out here in the final stage, but it was nice to see Truex get another stage win there. For sure. So we go to the final stage 
and deep into the night, and Hamlin had some pitch pit issues. So again, correct me if I'm wrong, this isn't the first time we've had some issues for Hamlin in the pits, and he drops nine spots. And then Kyle Busch came out fast leading after the restart. We get a caution with 96 to go. Ryan Blaney spins out. And the restarts again, I mean, these were the best parts of the race. Kyle Busch led that restart, and there was some fantastic three-wide racing for second place. It was Truex, Harvick, and Chastain, and they were, it was three-wide for two to three laps, and it was, that was fun to watch. I agree. Uh, and so the think like, as a Truex fan, I'm thinking to myself, man, Who's who's going to be the first guy to back out in the corner? But they just stayed three wide there for two or three straight laps. And then I got thinking to myself, you know, the, the Chastain, Truex, they've been racing each other, battling hard all year long. Seems like they're on the track, same place, same time, all the time. So you wondered if, you know, anything was going to shake out there, which eventually it didn't. You know, Truex was able to get ahead of those guys. But that was really fun to watch. And like you said, the restarts were by far the best part of this race. And, you know, it was fun to see three wide racing there for a couple laps. And then with 56 to go, we get a new leader and something happened to these Hendrick cars after the, the extra long lightning delay. I don't know if it was the temperature change or they were able to just flip a switch and, and chase Elliott's car was by fa by far the fastest he passed. He got to Kyle Busch and and passed him pretty easily which we talked about is not easy to do in this on this track and in this situation so uh showed the strength of of his car at that point and then we start the green flag pit stops and Kyle Busch edges out Chase Elliott for the the lead and what these cars didn't want to see was a caution and that's exactly what happened Chris Busher decided to try to drive on three wheels, which is not a good idea. <laughs> so he is going to get a penalty, uh, the four-week suspension for crew chief, tire man, and jack man will all be served the next four weeks. Can you explain a little bit why that why that matters, the timing of the the, the pit stops? Yeah, so, I mean, everyone was in their fuel window already at that point. I think they could go like 80 or 90 laps on fuel. So, basically, it just came came to, you know, whether you wanted to pit for new tires or not. And based on kind of how the race played out, seemed like track position was way more important than fresh tires. Fresh tires just really weren't that important at Nashville. So, you know, as the race went on and as the at the end of the race there, it just showed and played out that new tires just really weren't that important. We get the restart. Elliott leads with 38 to go. He's battling Kyle Busch for the lead, but ultimately he, he just took off and, and really wasn't challenged and was was looking to just cruise to the to victory. And then with nine to go, the dreaded caution comes out. Josh Balicki blows an engine and bunches the field up again. And this is where another little piece of pit strategy happened. Kyle Busch and Hamlin go into the pits and want to try to get fresh tires. Elliott says, 
I'm not giving up the lead. He stays out, and they do a restart with four to go. And it didn't, there wasn't enough time. And those, like you said, the fresh tires didn't make enough difference. And, and Elliot was able to cruise to victory, uh, gets his second win on concrete this year. He also won at Dover. So, uh, Chase Elliott is your winner. Yeah. And, and looking back, Kyle Bush has got to be kicking himself for, for agreeing with his crew chief or making the call to come in and get tires. Uh, he took two right side tires. So he, he, Went into the pits in second or third place, and he ended up finishing like 21st or 22nd place. So that pit call did not work out. It, it backfired pretty bad. But like you said, Chase Elliott, there at the end, he had a really fast car, stayed out, which I thought was the right decision, especially with how important clean air is at Nashville, and went on to win the race. So Hendrick, you know, I think they've got six wins as a team this year, and there's no other teams that even come close. I think the next contender would be three wins, and I think Trackhouse is one of those teams with three wins. So it just shows you, you know, Hendrick is having another really strong year this year. All right, so let's see how it impacted the fantasy NASCAR standings. The team average for the week was 66, so pretty standard week for point-wise. And top 10, so when we look at the top 10, we had... No change to the top three. So Taylor Schleiss, Tammy Colby, and Dennis Musich all stayed one, two, three after Nashville. We did have a new uh, number four, Big Sandwich, jumped up two spots to number four. Steve Rolfus, number four, moved up three spots to number five. Adam Studer, number two, moved up two spots to number six. Number seven is Richard Rainey who was a newcomer to the uh, top 10 this week, up four spots. And number eight, Zach Dick, is a new addition to the top 10. He jumps up four spots into number eight. Tracy Norton, number one, was the only one that fell and stayed into the top 10, dropped five spots to number nine. And Brian Brockman is a new addition to the top 10, up six spots to the 10th and final spot. So we had three new teams join the top 10, which means three fell out. Adam Holtz fell to uh, P17. Bigger Sandwich fell to P16. And Carl Edwards to P24. All those teams are out of the top 10, but do remain in the playoffs. Yeah, and if you look at the biggest risers of the week, David Banger went from P67 to P49. Troy Planbeck went from P55 to P39. And Jasmine Rolfs, P24 to P11. I still think you put that team together. Hold on, time out. But we're going to go with her. You you say my last name correctly, and then you mess up my daughter's last name. I know. It's the same last name. I messed it up. (laughs) Jasmine Rolfes, P24 to P11. And for there the record, go. she but picked her own team. For clarification, yes. Okay. Okay. She picked it. I told her she had to pick. I know you're a Chase Elliott fan. And okay. It might have influenced her a little bit. The, the Chase Elliott is probably on her team because of me, but <laughs> she did pick her own team. I was going to say. Okay. I saw Elliott there, and I'm like, there is no way she chose Chase Elliott, who coincidentally is her dad's favorite race car driver. Uh, I mean... 
she just likes good. Nonetheless, she likes to win. She likes to win. So, okay. Jasmine Rolfes, P24 to P11. At a girl. Look at those three teams Chase Elliott, couple had Kyle Larson, Chastain was on all three, and Denny Hamlin was on two. So, again, no surprises there. Your drivers finish well. You're going to have a good week. In regards to the biggest fallers of the week, Tracy Norton, number two, went from P38 to P58. Zach Dick, number one, rough week for this team. P18 to P38. And Carl Edwards went from P5 to P24. And if you look at these teams, they are eerily similar in that they have Truex, Kyle Busch, Chris Busher. Two teams have Bowman, one have Harvick, and two teams have Larson, one has Byron. So, again, these teams are almost identical. And then you look at kind of where they fell in the standings, it seems like you know, almost each of those teams fell 20 spots uh, in the standings. So bad week. Hopefully those teams can rebound this week uh, at a road course. And we'll kind of see how that thing plays out here. Anytime you get a Dick and a Norton in the faller section, it's a, that's a good week. That's, that's a bad week. And, and, the, and the funny thing about that is though, is so the Tracy's team and, and my team, we started out the year the same, he made the driver swap swap for Byron over Larson. I swapped out Harvick for or Bowman for Harvick. And as you can tell there, P38 versus P58. I think my move right now looks good, but we're going to see how it all plays out at the end of the year. Looking at the rookies, uh, still very impressed with Taylor Slice in first place as a rookie. Patrick McMeekin is in P13. Mark Paulson, P18, JP, at Omaha JLP, P23, and Bush, Bush, Busher, P24. So five rookies in the playoffs if it were in today, and one of them has been leading the uh, the standings for the last couple of weeks. So very impressive job from, from those, those teams. As we look towards the playoffs, the the gap between first and twenty fourth actually increased this last week to eighty seven points. So it was seventy five last week. So uh, just a little bit wider gap, but still under hundred points this late in the season is is pretty crazy. Looking at the last four teams to make the playoffs, it were, if it were to end today, even bigger sandwich: JP, Carl Edwards, and Bush Bush Busher would be your last four in. The first four out, if the playoffs ended today or started today, is Adam Studer, Dan Grable, number one, Pat Beeson, and Justin Norton, number three. So sad. So uh, so those are that's your playoff outlook. And now we get to actually preview another race. We are previewing the race America road course. It is in Wisconsin. It's another road course. This is again up in up in uh, eastern northeastern Wisconsin. So your Zach's track facts of the week. The track was created by a man named Cliff Tufty, and there's a funny there, there, there's a really cool story with this. Him and his friends used to race sports cars 
on the streets. They just used to they used to drive around uh, and, and have races, but they've gotten banned from racing on the streets. So what they decided to do is is basically pull their money, pull their resources, and build a road course racetrack. So they had a place to go out and race their cars since they were banned from the streets. That's As I said, good. it was created by Cliff Tufty. Yeah, that's a pretty solid one. Cliff Tufty. And he was the president of Elkhart Sand and Gravel because this track is in Elkhart, Wisconsin. Elkhart Lake, to be exact. But he, he worked for a gravel, sand and gravel company, which owned a bunch of ground. And he decided that, hey, I'm the president of this, and I want to build a track with so my buddies have a place to race. He convinced his company to sell him or, you know, sell some ground. And that's where the track was built. So I thought that was pretty cool. The track opened in 1955 and held the first NASCAR race there in 1956. And 2021 was the first time the NASCAR cup series had been to this road course since that inaugural race in 1956. So Again, NASCAR is shaking things up. They're trying to go to different tracks, do some you know exciting things to try to drum up interest in the sport. So this will be the second time that you know in our generation the, the NASCAR Cup Series is going to Road America. With that being said, if you look at the results last year, since it was the first time they had been there since 1956, your boy Chase Elliott was the winner. And you're not going to touch on the last fact there. You know what? I didn't. I didn't really think that was too important because it's just USA Today. But okay. based I just, on yeah. the USA Today poll, they were named the 2021 best NASCAR track in the series. So take that for what take take that for what it's worth. How does this differ from other Sorry, road courses? So I would say this road course probably has. It's the fastest road course, most likely, based on what what I've read and, and what I've kind of researched. And there is a lot of elevation changes at this track. You go from being on top of the hill, and the next corner is down a hill, so you're carrying a ton of speed into the corners. So from a driver's standpoint, it's fun because it's fast. There's some pretty good straightaways, and there's a lot of a lot of elevation changes. Well, I don't remember much of the race last year, to be honest, so I can't remember how that played out. But again, we got a new new next-gen car. We'll kind of see how it play, you know, fares at this road course uh, with the increased speeds. They've had brake, brake issues in the past on some of these tracks, so you wonder if that might come into play here since there's a lot of turns. We'll see how that plays out. But again, you're looking at your results from last year. Elliott won, Christopher Bell finished second, Kyle Busch finished third, Kurt Busch finished fourth, and Denny Hamlin rounded out the top five. Chase Briscoe sixth, Ross Chastain seventh, Tyler Reddick eighth, Truex Jr. ninth, and Justin Norton's second favorite driver these days, Matt DiBenedetto, finished tenth. So that is your finishing order from last year's race at Road America. Again, you look at that. No real big surprises. You got your road course ringers with Elliott, Truex, 
Kyle Busch has fared pretty well at road courses as of late. And then you got Christopher Bell there as well. So no, no real big surprises there. If you think back to the road courses this year, Chastain won the first road course race. And I can't remember off the top of my head who won at Watkins Glen. Um, but you got your typical, usual road course ringers there. Uh, and you expect them to be there at the front this weekend. So last week we went for over two on our picks. I had Harvick and you picked Larson. Oh, yeah, Kyle Larson. So no good there. So we're going to try it again this week. And do you have a, a driver that you feel is going to win this race? I am going to hopefully bring some good luck to Martin Truex Jr. He's riding high after making the announcement that he's going to come back next year. Finished in the top 10 last year at this road course race. He's one of the top four favorites. I know he's not the favorite, but I'm going to I'm just going to hope that Martin Truex can finally get his first win of the year. What about you? So, you said you picked him cuz he's riding high. So, I'm going to f- echo that theme and I'm going to pick the driver that has finished an average of 7th place in all road course races since 2019 with six wins in 14 races, just one last week, my boy Chase Elliott back-to-back weeks. I can't not pick him. It's too good. That was that was basically just a giant apple hanging on the low branch of the tree. You had to take it. I knew I knew you were going to pick Chase Elliott, so that's why I went with my boy Truex, and hopefully, you know, hopefully one of us wins the race more so me, you know, Truex than you. But that was that was too obvious. You know what we should we should do is is put something on the line for these picks. So if obviously each week we're not going to history has shown that we're not going to pick the right winner, but if our pick does win the race, what do we what are we going to wager here? What are we going to put up for as a prize? Uh, you know what? I I really like this idea. Spices it up, makes it more exciting. I like Whether it. that be putting money in a putting money in in a jar each week, and whoever has the most correct win predictions at the end of the season wins the jar of money. Um, we we can talk we can talk this week about how we want to do this, but uh, I'm all I'm all for for a challenge. Yeah. And let's uh, let's up the ante here. I agree. So if if anybody listening has an idea of what they want to see Zach do when I uh, pick the right winner. Let us know. Tweet at us. Send us a message, and uh, we will we'll we'll take in suggestions on who what's the punishment for the other person getting the right the right pick. So uh, we need to get this set up before next week because I'm feeling pretty good about my pick. I think we need to give your dad and uncle a phone call and get their input here because you know, they, they, they did something pretty crazy in the fantasy football playoffs. I'd love to get their input on, on what we should do here. I, I agree. Well, we will get there. I don't think we're going to be anywhere near the stakes of that, that wager, but I will, uh, I will be open to similar t- type ideas or, or out of the box ideas <laughs> to see what we could, what we could do. So, uh, Anything else for 
for this episode? No. Uh, again, it's another road course. Hopefully, hopefully it's a good race. Got a lot of a lot of different tracks here over these last nine races. So there was a lot of movement in the standings this week, or I should say last weekend, fantasy wise. And I think there's going to be a ton of movement here over the next nine races, just based on the variety of racetracks that we have. Um, I'm hoping my second team can, can leapfrog back into the playoffs, but I, I at least hope one of them stays in and, and get, gets through these next nine races unscathed and can at least get in the playoffs. So what are your, uh, what are your thoughts here heading into this weekend and, and the outlook for the next nine races? You know, I, uh, I don't usually like road courses, but you've kind of got me hyped up for this one. A fast, a fast one with some, some elevation changes is pretty interesting. And so I will, I'm kind of excited. I not thrilled that's in Wisconsin. Fuck the Packers. Uh, but you know, I, I am looking forward to, I, I, the, a, <laughs> I am looking forward to, to the race. So that'll be it for this episode, uh, of atop the pit box. And, Enjoy the race this week, Zach, and we will talk to you next week. All right. Sounds good, buddy. Go Martin Truex. Happy birthday to Josh. Happy birthday to Josh. Happy birthday, Josh Bobby. (laughs) I had to. I told Nord I was going to, too, because you didn't tell me it was your birthday today, you sandbagging son of a gun. Listen, it's not my job to tell you. It's just another day. I, it's, it, it, I get it. It's just another day, but you should tell me. You should tell your friends when it's your birthday, especially when you work together. Friends should remember and know. It's no days off. Take no breaks. You in my lane. You in my way. You cross that line. It ain't your day. I lost my mind. I need my spot.